Welcome to the Crimson Circle. I always love that music. It's about the last thing I expect is that bang, boom, 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 whoa. <laughs> but it works. You know we're here. It's the Crimson Circle. This segment, this special monthly meeting is here for you. You might be listening on Blog Talk Radio. You might be listening from the CrimsonCircle.com website. Or you might be actually watching this video from the Crimson Circle website. So many choices. But wherever you are, welcome and glad that you can be here with us for this channel with Adama Saint-Germain, channeled by the most incredible, amazing, unbelievable channeler, Jeffrey Hopping. I know Adamas takes all the credit, but Jeffrey deserves some too. He's really humble and so open and so allowing of Adamas. And I mean, it's, you, can, you can feel the beauty of that. Even if you can't see it, you can feel that beauty. So welcome. And also, wherever you're listening in from, you can hear that we have a wonderful amazing live audience in our studio. And they're here, they're cheerleaders. They're cheerleaders for you, for all of us. Some of them have been coming to these meetings for 20 years. This is an amazing, stunning creation that we all come together from wherever we are to open to this energy. So with that, Adamas always invites us to take the good deep breath. So I invite each of us to take the good deep breath, to breathe deeply into you, allowing and feeling. When you take that good deep breath, you can feel those energies flow. When you take that good deep breath, it's about presence. I am here. Adama so invites us to be present, to allow the energies and the message to be here for each of us. So take that good deep breath, opening and allowing all our senses, human and divine, opening with each breath, body, mind, and soul. So take that good deep breath and feel for you. And as we breathe, we're going to play some music that I invite you to feel into this experience, to breathe those energies, to move with it, to move with it. So take the good deep breath as the music plays and invite Adamas in as close as you choose. Take the good deep breath. Breathe. Breathe for you. Get a good feeling, yeah. Get a feeling that I 
Ah, before I even open my eyes, I sense the smell of coffee mm. eagerly awaiting me as I take to this stage on this monthly, uh, on this monthly basis with Shambra. Ah, such a delight uh, to have coffee and sex and wine and nature and the things that you humans have that we don't have in the other realms at the Ascended Masters Club. We have a type of coffee, but it's, it's not as real. It's not as physical. It's not as filled with gravity as what you have here. 
Ah, such joys that you have. And I, I do like coming around occasionally, not too often, to visit in more of this um, physical form. So if you don't mind, dear Linda Visa, ah, just right. Let's take a good deep breath as we start this February, the month of love, shout. Mm. Yes, yes. I've got a question for you as, as we start out. I work closely in monitoring feeling into all of your energies uh, and, and working with you to say, what's the right balance to keep things from blowing up, to th keep things from going too crazy? question is, should we go a little slower now? Should we slow it down a bit so it can all settle into your body and, and your mind? Should we slow things down, just to, or should we speed them up? Speed them up. Speed them up. You, you heard that up on the Ascended Masters Club. They're watching today, of course, yes. Speed she it, for everybody or speed just it up. A, a few say, let's have a show of hands. Oh. All who wanted everything that we're doing here in your embodied enlightenment, all who want it, slow down a little bit. Like, we're not in a hurry. We're just going to enjoy the ride. All who want it, slow down, raise your hands. I see uh, two half hands, <laughs> two, like, like down here. All who want it, speed it up, raise your hands. Hands raised high. How, how many are, are not really conscious? You're sitting here in the chairs today, <laughs> but you're not really conscious or awake. Okay. How many, how many like it just the way we're going? The, over here. <laughs> I, I love all of you. <laughs> the reason why I ask is because I actually do work with all of you to make sure that there's, there's that integration. There's the ability to go through your experience and what you are. It's, I've said many times, this is the greatest experience you'll ever have. Some of you want to vomit in your mouth when I say that, but <laughs> it is the greatest experience. I don't want you to miss it. Uh, we're not in a race. But I monitor it, and I can tell sometimes when you're getting a little bored. I can tell when you come in, sit in these seats or watch it online and say, I hope he has something new for us today, because that's all I want is new. I want the new stuff. I haven't really heard the old stuff. I don't get the old stuff, but give me some new stuff just to keep me occupied, keep me distracted. So there's a lot of you who say, let's get on with it. Let's dive into it. And, and some of you who, who are struggling right now, we're having a difficult time in, with your bodies, with your, uh, with your adjustments to everything. It's, it is difficult. It's very, very difficult at times. So I watch it carefully, and I already know the answer before I ask the question. But it's a good rule for any of you. Always know the answer before you ask the question. Um, Calder and I are collaborating here on an article for next month in the Chambre magazine about questions, the, the danger of questions, <laughs> the, the dread of questions. But I already knew the answer. The answer is we're doing it just right. And there are some times, as you have felt, it's going very fast this past month, very fast indeed. Other times, I know you get bored, and I know you say to yourself, oh, we've heard all this before from Adamas. I am, I exist, I don't care, I'm bored. <laughs> and I keep coming back to some of these principles that are, that are so basic, so important, because oftentimes, as 
you'll know. I'll say something, which is just a reflection of you. By the way, if you're bored, it's because of you, not because of me. Oh. But I'll say things that are uh, that you hear, and, and it kind of tingles and wrinkles in your mind, and you like it, and it feels good. But then, 48 hours later, it's like, what did he say? A- and then you hear it again the next time, and it goes a little bit deeper and, and maybe a little bit more meaningful. And it could be a year or two before you actually have the sensual experience of of it. I exist, for instance. I exist. Nice words, real short and simple, kind of masterly. You sit on your park bench and people come up to you and ask you how you're doing. I exist. <laughs> Sounds very holy. I exist. Oh, get kids, come on, kid. <laughs> get out of here quickly. And then one day, sitting on the park bench, taking a bath or doing whatever you're doing, having a sip of coffee, you suddenly get it. I, I exist. Now I get what he means. And it's a feeling that, that goes into your body first. You feel it in your body, the tingles and the adjustments, and, and then your mind starts opening up and adapting. But there is a sense that goes beyond it, that's bigger than your body or mind. You've had You've all had that. Uh, that sense that goes beyond and says, I feel it now. It's not that I, I get it. I feel it. I am that. The actual words, I exist, almost go away. They're almost meaningless. And suddenly you're, you're in it. You're experiencing it. It's gone beyond the mental and the physical, although they are being affected also. But suddenly you're in that experience. and as you know from having been there, then you don't ever want to let that go. You don't ever want to let it fade away. And what happens the moment you're like, oh, I don't want this to fade away. I don't want it to oh, it fades away, partly because your focus is on fading away, rather than taking a deep breath and embodying it. The mind jumps in and starts worrying. You start worrying, oh, I don't ever want to lose this. And then what, it, what, what are the energies in that? Losing it. And then it goes away. But the good news is it comes back. It absolutely comes back. So let's take a deep breath with that right now. We're not going – well, we are going too fast, and we are going too slow, and we are going just right. And to be able to really experience that, not just to hear it in your ears, but to really experience it on every level, layers, the and. We're going really slow. When's this going to happen? We're going really fast. I can't keep up with it anymore. I'm going crazy. I don't think I'm worthy. And then we're going just right. Ah, oh, have another drink of coffee. We're going just right. And we are. And that's what I love about what we're doing together. I've never, never had a group like this before. Never really had a group like this before. I've never had a group like this before that uh, is not all dying off. A lot of my other groups died off. I guess that's not such a good testimony. But they, 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 it was too much for them. It, 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 their expectations of what was going to happen, and then the, I guess you could say, the pace at what they were going at, and the ability to keep it balanced mentally, physically, and in all the other realms, and parts I'll get to in just a moment, were just too much, too much. And then the 
the allure, the seduction of the other side, which is pretty sweet. The other side, the, and now we've got Theos and all of its seduction and, and the other realms. And being with me at the Ascended Masters Club, I'll pick up all the tickets. Uh, the, the seduction of that, the desire of that, was so strong on so many of the students. Actually, one of the reasons we closed the mystery schools was because there was an addiction to them. Uh, there was an addiction, and, and uh, some of you had to get kicked out. Some we just closed up the place. You came home from walk one day, and the doors were boarded up. I thought, whoa, because it can get addictive. It draws you in, and it's like you want to you want to just stay in that world of the mystery school and not venture out, not go out into life. You want to you want to just be with. Um, the, the ones, other ones who were there, you didn't want to assimilate with other people, the villagers, the village idiots you used to call them. That's where the term came from. You started it. And <laughs> I, you want me to go to the store with all those village idiots? I, I'm going to stay right here in the mystery school. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding. Good music, good food. So the ability to stay uh, and feel. Uh, at any given moment, feel it going too fast for you. And I know every one of you, every, every one of you talk to you at night, oh, Adamas, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, Adamas, it's going so fast, I don't think I can handle it anymore. And then the next day, next night actually, I'm so bored, it's going so slow. <laughs> I'm going to go join another group, Adamas. Oh, good, bye-bye now. Uh, and. But the ability to be in all that at one time is, is truly a master. The ability to feel all this. I mean, really feel it. And part of the issue, the struggle that you and I have is you think it. I say, bring it into feelings. Bring it into the sensual, the visceral, the, 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 the real senses. I mean, you keep thinking it. So if you felt a little pressure lately, like somebody's trying to Push down on you, uh, not emotionally, uh, but to say, come on, keep it in that body, keep it in that mind, keep it in that reality there, and feel it all together. Feel all what's going on with you, and stop fighting it. Stop, stop chasing it. Stop thinking your way through it. That that's the boredom. Thinking your way through all this and, and getting all mental about it. No, you just take a deep breath and. Take a good deep breath and let yourself feel it, even if it hurts. Because the hurt is rather temporary. The hurt is a, a mental resistance to something much deeper. So the mind, which is the generator of all pain – there's no pain in your physical body, any of you – it's all in your mind. The mind creates a resistance to true sensuality, true feeling. And not just physical feeling. Uh, you, you've all had that experience, the expanded feeling beyond the mind. You know how beautiful it is, how rich it is. And as I said in our last shout, that's exactly where we're going. But there are some challenges in it. Uh, there are some challenges. But before I get into that, <laughs> uh, one, the monthly reminder this month – I'd like to come up with these once in a while, because We've together created a lot of amazing information. Uh, you, the Crimson Circle calls it content, but I like that, content. 
content. A lot of content, a lot of information, uh, tremendous amount. Today's reminder, coming from the amazing Tobias, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And again, feel it in your head, feel the words, it doesn't matter. And you're like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's not exactly what Tobias meant. It doesn't matter. He delivered that message, and uh, I, I was hanging in the, kind of in the wings watching the group. It was in Egypt, and it was a, a group in the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid. Well, that's a pretty special place. It's one of those places, those iconic places, that just about everyone on the planet knows about, the pyramid and that chamber. You know, there's a lot of symbols on the planet, a lot of places that are famous, but that probably is in the top ten of all places in the world. And what a history it has. What a history it has. In that king's chamber, sat Yeshua and Mary – a bunch of Marys, but uh, uh, what you call Mother Mary – Mary Magdalene, Napoleon, and the list goes on and on – sat in that room in search of answers, in search of some profound experience. And for those of you who have been in the King's Chamber, you go in there and it smells bad. Because a lot of people go in there every day, and it just kind of, and there's not a lot of air movement. There's not good ventilation in there, so it kind of builds up over the ages. And if, for those of you who've been there, and those of you who had, just feel into it for a moment. So, you go from the outside, climbing on these uh, stone stairs on the outside of the pyramid. You get into the the you call it the stairwell, about to make your ascent. And at points, you're having to crawl on all fours. It's so confining. And then your fear of claustrophobia comes up. Yeah. And, and, then, and then right in the middle of all this, you have some people crawling up in front of you, and you have a whole lot of people crawling behind you. You're literally crawling on your hands and knees in parts. And then suddenly, God damn, blessed biology, i got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what are you going to do? And there's no toilet up there. You can't go back that way because there's 25 people crawling on their hands and knees in a space about this wide and this tall. Where is this going? I'm distracting, my dear. <laughs> they were fascinated. They could feel it. Their bladders were puckering up. Oh, I, oh. That was called the art of distraction. Dear God, Linda, I have, please would you help me? So let's get back to it. You're crawling on your hands and knees, and you really got to go. And you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't have had that coffee before I came up here. But, and then you finally get up into the king's chamber. Suddenly you open up into a, a room not even as big as this, maybe the ceiling a little higher, but smaller than just this studio area right here. And there's nothing. There's no beautiful paintings on the wall. There's no carvings on the wall. There's no carpet on the floor. There's no toilet. <laughs> There's nothing. It's a big room that echoes. The only thing up at the front is a sarcophagus, 
uh, has been there for ages, of course, and it's kind of old and chipping away, and, and that's it. That's it. All, then all the attention seems to focus on the only thing in the room, the sarcophagus. And what does that bring up? Death. Death. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Well, yeah, you are, but not necessarily right there. It brings up all the issues. And so here we have it. That was my distraction. So here we have a group of 50 Shambra, and with these incredible expectations of what was going to happen there. First the expectation that it was going to be some gold-painted uh, room, uh, and it's going to have mummies and everything. There's nothing. So that they go through that initial shock, and the one fascinating thing about this chamber is the echo, because when, when you talk, it echo, echo, echoes through, through not, not just bouncing in the room, but it feels like it's going out lifetimes and then coming back, because it's exactly what it's doing. It's going out into other realities and then coming back. So it has a very unique sound. The group sat down. Tobias came in. Everybody was expecting the answer of answers in the Holy of Holies, the, the big answer to life and all of its mysteries and all of its questions. And Tobias played it for everything it's worth and took a deep breath, and there was some toning, I believe, and then there was silence, and then finally Tobias talked very slow and deliberate, and then came to the big moment. The reason why I have gathered all of you here from all of creation, from all parts of this world, the reason why you have journeyed thousands of miles and come across the desert on camels to get here, and had to go to the bathroom on your way up through the corridors. The reason is to give you this profound message. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can imagine the disappointment. It doesn't matter. You could, Nobody said a word, of course, but you could feel it being screamed out from everywhere. It doesn't matter. I've done all of this. I'm sitting here in the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid in Egypt, and you say it doesn't matter. This was supposed to be the culmination of my spiritual journey right here, the focal point of humanity, the zero point of civilization right here, where the greats like Yeshua, Napoleon, and many, many others have sat, and you tell me it doesn't matter? It does not matter. And that actually was such a profound message. I had to bring it back for today. Such a profound message, because in all of this struggling you're doing, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not. You do not get extra credit, brownie points, or a fresh cup of coffee for all the struggling you're doing going into enlightenment. Nada. Nothing. Because all of the mental effort, all the trying to figure all this out, to make sense of it, to find the way through the maze to the secret chamber that will bring you into enlightenment, 
None of it counts. None of it counts. It's mental macchio. It's BS. You're fooling yourself. All the studying, as I have said, and all the, the thinking through, all the begging that you do at night to me uh, and to the others, when you can't get my attention, I know you cheat on me. You go to some other <laughs> entity. We talk with each other. We talk. Just the other night, it's like one of the other masters came and said, you know, Henrietta's been uh, cheating on you, Adamas. She's been over here at this other club, and it's like, uh, I know, I know, it doesn't bother me much, but uh, I'll, get, I'll get to her one of these days. None of it matters. You think it does. You want it to, and it doesn't. There are no big secrets. There is no uh, there's no fast track to enlightenment, and there's no wrong track to enlightenment. Put that on the website. There is no fast track to enlightenment, and there's no wrong track to enlightenment. It just is. And the sooner you realize that and stop working at it, all the questioning in your brain – in our article, we'll go into it in more detail – but every time you ask one of these questions in your brain, it goes out into the universe searching for the answers, and it's not going to come back until it thinks it has an answer. Now you've got all these questions. What am I here for? Who am I? How do I find true happiness? What am I doing wrong? Uh, what should I do different tomorrow? Uh, who am I again? Who am I again? And when will I have enlightenment? You're sending all these out into, uh, into all the other realms. You got all these little search bugs out there roaming around trying to find the answers, and they're not going to. That's confusing because you can feel that. You got how many tens of billions of these questions that you asked, and that was just in the past week. And they're out there trying to find the answers. They're searching. And I can find it. Because none of it matters. None of it matters. There is a as I called it, a directive or a gravity of fulfillment. Because of, not because of a head choice, not because of the human choice, but because of the natural evolution and because of a deep soul desire for realization. It's going to happen. It is happening. But the fact is that you think you're making it happen. You're not. You're getting in the way. You think that by uh, focusing or, or meditating or doing uh, some of these exercises or whatever, uh, eating a certain way – no, there is a directive of fulfillment from your soul, from the I Am, that is the realization. The I Am is simply asking you, would you damn enjoy life for a little while? Would you just please enjoy life, have a good meal? Walk in nature. Have sex. Been a long time. Have sex. Uh, listen to music. Do something fun. But there is such a rigidity, such a uh, calder, not my words, but his anal retentiveness about all this. And I got to keep working. Got to keep working at it. Got to keep working at it. No, you don't. So let's stop that right here. There's no great big answers other than allowing. Oh, we, we've had a lot of sessions. We've talked a lot. We've shared a lot. We've cried a lot. We've laughed a little. And, but 
and it's a distraction, kind of, to allow a natural process to get you out of your own way. It doesn't matter. All the things that you think matter, it doesn't matter. Health actually doesn't really matter. Wealth, not at all. Uh, keeping what you call the straight and narrow, you know, abiding by your rules, it doesn't matter. Tobias tried that. He tried to follow God's rules according to the Jewish faith, and it didn't matter whatsoever. God doesn't care. So all this hard work, I see it. And this is this last month in particular, you really things went faster more than they went slow this last month. And I also saw you amping up, uh, trying to uh, manage all of this. And you can't. Let yourself experience it. Let yourself feel it. That's if I guess if there was anything other than it doesn't matter. Let yourself feel it, not think about it. And these woes and these uh, issues you have. Oh, what am I going to do? And my stop and take a deep breath. None of them really matter. They really don't. Everything that you think is important, it doesn't matter. Sorry, that wasn't real, Edith. That was just a fake one. Well, maybe it was. Uh, so let's start this job by saying just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. You're not going to figure it out, human. And you're not being asked to, human. The only thing you're being suggested is would you just damn enjoy it and stop, stop trying to figure out where you should move to next. Or what you should change your name to. It doesn't matter. Change your name to Edith. You all be Ediths all around the world. <laughs> I owed her that. Uh, for I gave her a hard time recently because of her mobile phone, and uh, I was given a hard time also by those who saw that uh, little act. Where is my token gift? Hang on a second. I went to the store and bought something just for you, Edith. So it doesn't matter. Let's start the day with that, okay? Doesn't it feel kind of freeing? It doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, now I'm going to swing into the, the next thing, though. And uh, I'm going to need Linda with a microphone. I can run the microphone. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Uh, we'll wait for Linda to return. The question I have. Question I have. This is a, a multi-level question for you. Why is life so hard? I'm talking all human life, not just your life. Why is human life so hard? <laughs> so um, is this thing on? Linda knows how to do this. We need two Lindas in here. Yeah. Oh, there it, go. there it goes. Okay. Why is oh, hang on a second. Um, why is life so? Oh, Linda. Why is life so hard? Oh, before we do that, I'll have a chance to think about it here a moment. Edith, 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 for you. Mm. I gave her such a hard time and pronounced, but. You know, when you're in the middle of doing something like really important, and suddenly the mobile phone rings, 
what do you do? You ignore it or you shut it off. You don't go through your purse and you're making a big commotion, disturbing the professor. How would you like it, Edith, if you, know, if you were having sex and the phone is ringing and somebody went and answered it? You wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> so, uh, question. Why is life so hard? Linda, microphone, anybody. Why is life so hard? Or, or is it not? Is, is it not? Yeah. If you it just mind, is. If you wouldn't mind standing up. Oh. Yeah, thank you. I, I just said uh, it just is. Just is. What are, what are some examples of life being hard? I think we make it harder on ourselves, really. Yeah. I mean, what's, for humans, let's say you're. Um, Philosopher, psychologist, or whatever, and you're looking at uh, humans, your clients coming in each day. What's, what's, why is it hard? Why is it hard on them? <laughs> um, They're beat as children, bad parents, uh, just make something up. Make something up, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, life. It's life. Life. Life is hard. Okay. Life is hard. Good. Thank you. Life, it just is. It's hard. Yeah. Wow. Never, never thought of it should be anything else. So why, why is life hard? A lack of freedom. Sure. Lack and of, what, lack what of is, simplicity. And what was the other one? Lack of simplicity. Lack of simplicity. Good. I like Making that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, what are some examples of life being hard? Family. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, that's a, that's a great one. And it comes to mind right away. Oh, you love your family, but it's difficult. Absolutely. The yeah. body, the body can the be challenging. The body, exactly. The mind is just. You know, yeah, yeah. Just What's thoughts? the hardest one for you of all those things? The body, the mind, the family. What's the hardest one? Body and mind, I think. Body and mind, okay. Uh, do they work together very well? Yeah, they're both just you know challenging. They can yeah, be challenging. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you if you could only change one and bring it into kind of alignment and balance with you, the I am, which one would you change? Your body, or your mind. Mind, just mind. just. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Just to be in pure creation. Yeah, like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, just you can just be in the end and just sit on the bench and observe it. It's exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't. Doesn't. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Good. I mean, it may seem that a strange. I'm asking a question. Why is life so hard? But I think I'm going somewhere with this. We'll find out. You always out. do. You always we'll do. find out. Okay. Next. Why is life so hard? Greetings. Go ahead and stand up. Because you're looking so beautiful today. Thank you. Wow, glowing. Because <laughs> we set up expectations that we chased to fulfill. Yes. Yes. Oh, give me some of your He's expectations. Yeah, yeah. Sorry? You know, okay. So what are some of your expectations that, that you've had in life? Recently, to achieve freedom. Freedom, yeah. Uh, success in some sort of way? Not as much. Not so much? No. Uh, love? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a <laughs> definite yes. And, and uh, other question is, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, mm -hmm. 10 being really damn hard, and one being really easy, in general, is where is life on that scale? Is it is it towards a one? Is it towards a ten? 
Depends How? on the day. <laughs> Depends on the day. No, not for you, but just consider everyone, all of, all of mass consciousness, all the people. Usually up there at eight. Eight hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank Glad you. you're here. Good to see you again. More? Please. Why is life so hard? <clears throat> well, first, quite frankly, for me, it hasn't been. It's, at least this ride's been magnificent and effortless. Um, You're a good creator. And, so, and, and kind of you don't give a damn, which is kind of an interesting thing. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of overall, I, I think from it's really to create a richness of experience. Mm -hmm. And, and that that's, it seems hard at the time, but in the big picture, it's making the experience much richer. Yes. This physical experience. Good. And where would you put life in general for humans on a scale of one to ten? Not for you, but you, you deal with a lot of people. I, I think eight's optimistic. I really think it's closer to nine, nine and a half. Interesting. A Interesting. In terms of all humanity, how hard is life? Not bad. I'm not saying the word bad or evil or ugly, just hard. Okay. It's hard. So we're somewhere between an eight and a nine now. Good. Let's keep the microphone going. This is interesting. You realize what we're doing here, all of us, all of you watching, we're really creating, um, well, we're creating a, a, a history, a, a book, a story. Yes. Um, Go ahead and stand up. Um, I feel like I have to like, control everything. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Why? I don't know. How, how well has that worked for you? It hasn't. It hasn't. <laughs> no. yeah, isn't that no. funny? But you keep doing it, yes, right? Yes, I keep yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it. Because there, could I say, there's an underlying fear. If you don't control it, it'll all fall apart. Right, right. Okay, now you extrapolate that and say, hang on a second. You know, I'm on, uh, doing this enlightenment thing, and I'm trying to control it, and it's that carrot, you know, in front of the horse type of thing. It's always just around the next corner, not quite there. Uh, and I like to tell myself and believe, make believe that I'm almost there. Uh, and so that control is actually the very thing that's keeping you from getting there, because what if you stop controlling? What if the evil part of you comes out? Right. What, right. Yeah, ooh, uh, what if, uh, what if everything just falls apart? I mean, you go crazy, you're an institution drooling on yourself. Uh, it's like, uh, oh, no, no, I don't want that. So there's that fear that, that holds you back, that keeps you from doing that. When are you going to stop the control thing? Mm. Right now? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, was that a mental reply, if any of you felt that. Uh, but, but you're thinking about it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And you thought about it a couple years ago, for a couple years, and then for about five years, and about ten years. And, I, and I'm certainly not uh, trying to give you a hard time, but you're representing so many here, so many watching in. It's like, I've got to keep controlling things. And then you justify it too by saying, this is a crazy world. Oh my gosh, and I'm a crazy person in a crazy world. And it's just all going to fall apart. But what do you do for your um, peace of mind to get yourself back in balance? Walk. Walk. Where do you walk? Um, on the trails. Yeah, yeah, good. In nature. In nature. Right, yes. right. Did you like that video before? Yes. 
Wasn't that nice? It was and very pretty. Walking on the trails and the little orbs all right. around, and yeah, and uh, the nice music, and yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's good because nature is the number one thing that Shambhar have said they'll miss when they leave this planet. Nature. Not their husbands or wife or kids. Not the food. Not uh, television. None of those things. Number one thing, not sex, number one thing is nature. It says a lot. It says a lot. We'll talk about that later. But thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Just take a deep breath and let go. And then watch what happens. When you do, then there's going to be that little voice, I can't let go. I don't know how to. That's when you go beyond it. Uh, go beyond it and just say, I am here in this place of no need for control. See, to try to control losing control from the control mind of the control brain doesn't work. Okay, we're going to program this in to let go of control, and you're just doing more control. So you come to the I am here. You're just there. I am beyond the need for self control. And then you're there. A couple more. Oh, I, I forgot to ask you uh, humanity, one to ten, how hard is it? Seven. Seven? Okay. So we're averaging about an eight right now. Good. Uh, a few more, Linda. Yeah. No. But you put it in no. your hand, that generally you. means it's. You lifted your you. hand. It's no, you. I didn't. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. I, I know you have something good to say. Yeah. So, uh, why is life hard? Gosh. Would you mind? Yeah. <laughs> because there's always more that we need to learn. Ah. Yeah. We or need. so the perception. As there's much as we think we've learn. evolved, there's sometimes places where we feel stuck. Yeah. Could I tell you one thing, all of you? You have nothing more to learn. Nothing. 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 And that's uh, also that addictive tendency of the mind. There's more to learn, whether it's about uh, science, math, spirituality, or anything else. I got to learn something because otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. Uh, if I if I knew more, I would be sitting there. <laughs> and so there's always more to learn. There's not If you come back for 10 more lifetimes, you're actually not going to learn anything more. You're really not going to have any new experiences. You you'll have the same old experiences with a little bit different sugar coating on them, but you're not going to have any new experiences. That, and that leads to the whole boredom issue. You know, you're so bored on one hand with this life because you've been there, you've gone through all that. Sure, you can buy a new little electronic device that you've kind of never had before, but how long does that last? About a week, and then you're bored with it, because, well, well, you're, you've been there. Nothing more to learn. Good. What else? What what else makes life hard? Oh gosh. Um. What's made parts of your life hard? Maybe feeling stuck. Feeling stuck? Okay. What's got you stuck? Um, I've been looking for a, a new job because my other job came to an end. Yeah, good, good. What are you going to do? Just put it out to the universe. Yeah, the universe doesn't give it. Anybody here? <laughs> the universe doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to work? Do you want another job? Yeah. Why? 
Because I love to be creative. Okay. What do you do? Um, I work on projects, yeah. like real estate-based projects of the future. Uh -huh. Wow, that sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. And uh, now when you're doing this on your own, your own company, your way of doing things, how does that feel, rather than working for somebody? I, it's not doing it alone. It's finding the right people to collaborate right. with. Collaborate, but you being the main collaborator, rather than having somebody else collaborate all over you. Uh -huh. well, how, does it, how does that feel? Um, it could be exciting, and sometimes it could be frustrating. Yeah, but I mean, you're the boss. You're company now. You're uh -huh. the one really looking into the future. Uh, you're you're a you're an interesting person, uh, because you already know. You knew the answers to the questions that I ask, and you're it's always going through you. Uh, at work, you know the future mm -hmm. uh, more than anybody else, but. You're not letting yourself be that, um, be your own self, be your own leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably not going to get another job. So you're probably, yeah, isn't that terrible? Oh no, the rent. And then, but you, you'll then say, I'm just going to do it myself. I, I know how to do this. I, I know how to self collaborate, collaborate with others. I know how to do it. So just do it. Don't work for somebody else. Yep. Unless you really love it. Yeah. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Sorry, I'm to bring her bad news and she yeah. thanks me. It's a good day on the planet. One more. One more. Yes. Greetings. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I think humans, um, they want it to be hard in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in a way, it gives them something to do. Right. And so I think an aspect of, of um, why it's so hard is, is being alone and feeling lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of, um, in myself and others, kind of trying to remedy the aloneness mm -hmm. one way or the other. Right. So. Good. And hum humans on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard is it? It depends. Um, I see some humans that are blissfully happy, mm -hmm. almost kind of ignorant happy. Kind so, of nauseating almost. Yeah. <laughs> like my parents who did everything right and now just travel in an RV around the country and they seem blissfully happy. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'd say for them it seems like it's easy. Sure. And then there's other humans like other parts of my family where everything's a challenge and it's just getting to the next challenge, right. overcoming it, feeling good for a second, Yeah. and then being bored to death until the next challenge comes along and then having the energy to fight that challenge again. You know, and aside from uh, Bliss Mama and Papa, yes. where, where is uh, the humanity on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of hard? I would, I would agree it's on the upper scale. Yeah. Yeah, like 7, 8. Okay. Yeah. Good. And just out of curiosity, um, your life, how hard's it been? It's, it's easy, actually. Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, I, it's not hard at all. Good. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And Linda, you can recover the microphone. Thank you. Life is hard. Life is hard. And uh, you are all about right, according to my measurements, of human life. It's somewhere at about, I go to about a 7.8 to, to 8, somewhere right in there. And that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I'm not talking about you. We'll talk about you in a moment, but that's really tough. If you imagine that 
most humans have a harder life than not. That doesn't mean they're not happy some of the time, because they can be. I'm not saying bad life, I'm saying hard life. And hard life meaning things like the body, one of the bigger issues, uh, and its pains and its everything else, and then it dies. And the mind, the complexity of the mind. Somebody said that it's hard because people don't let themselves be more simple. And that's exactly right. The mind makes it very complex. Complexity leads to challenges, difficulties, and also the belief that you have to work hard to get something. A lot of you have that consciousness, that you have to work hard at things, and you've extrapolated that, you've applied it from your childhood, working hard in school, your early career, I have to work hard in this job, and now you've applied that to your spiritual journey, I have to work hard, because otherwise, well, then it's, I'm not making any progress. So human life is hard, and, and your answer is so, so good on this, because it's hard because of relationships. Uh, it's hard because of expectations. It's hard because you have to go to work every day for a job which you don't necessarily like, is not creatively fulfilling. You're going through rote or repetitive motions day after day. You're putting up with a <clears throat> boss uh, and who you don't necessarily respect. I'm not talking everybody, but I'm, there's too many. Uh, that life just gets hard. Now, it's not necessarily a good statement about humanity. And as I said last month, it was never designed that this human experience be hard. It was not designed to hurt, but it's become that way. And it's not necessarily going to change for quite a while. It's not going to get out of that pattern of being hard. What happens instead is that there, human wakes up in a morning, and they start off maybe in the state of five, neutral, you know, not hard, not easy. They're just they're just waking up. But you watch as the first hours of the day progress, and it goes quickly to six to seven. Then it kind of levels off a little bit, and then later in the day it goes to about eight, nine at points, and then in the evening it settles down a little bit. They comes back and kind of settles in at about a seven and a half. The typical life of a human on the planet, uh, and it's hard because of the physical. It's hard because of jobs and because of family. A day is not really fun. It's not exciting. Uh, how many people wake up in the morning and say, that's a brand new day to be on this planet? Very few. Very, very few. So they try to medicate it, or intoxicate it, or deny it. They, as I talked about uh, many times, they medicate their anxiety. And their anxiety is just saying, something's not right. Something damn is not right. <coughs> and if they let that anxiety uh, really come in, it would move them off the dime, move them off of that routine that's got them so uh, 
into the hard life. But they don't. They medicate it. Or they drown it in alcohol or drugs or something like that. Uh, to, to kind of, it's a form of denial on its own. Or they just, they just hypnotize themselves into keep on going, keep on going. The planet has gotten a very funny place, very mental, as I talk about often, very unsensual, very unfeeling, really trapped in the mind. And I'm going to bring this into a conclusion in a bit, but it's, um, it is a, it's a hard existence, and it shouldn't be. Now let's talk about you. <laughs> You have a consciousness, a knowingness. You know that there's more out there, or there's more in here, I guess would be a better way of saying it. You know there's so much more, but yet you're still in that hard life. Yet you're still uh, subscribing to uh, spirituality has to be forms of human denial. It has to be uh, you have to be hard on your mind, on your body, and everything else. And you're still in these patterns of the human consciousness is in. Maybe you're not at, a, at an eight uh, in terms of hard. Maybe you've brought it down to about a 6.7 or something, but it's still hard, and it shouldn't be at all. One could argue and say, well, yeah, but as long as you have to deal with traffic, and as long as you have to deal with other people, and family members, and all the rest of this, how do you get out of it? How, how, do, you, how do you go beyond it? And that's where I come back to the statement, none of that matters, actually. None of it matters. Not the, the journey, the, the other people, the family, none of it matters. Not in a way of uh, just being um, uh, laissez-faire or not giving a damn. It just doesn't matter at all. None of it. So that's when you take a deep breath and you stop working so hard at it, at everything in your life, at jobs and at relationships. I'll tell you one thing about relationships is that if you work at it really hard, it's going to hurt even more. And some are, are going to get very upset that I make this statement. Oh, you have to work at relationships and you have to – no, actually, that's a bunch of crap. And, and if you have a partner that insists that it's hard and you have to work at it, you probably don't have the right one. Relationships shouldn't be difficult. They should be sensual. They should be alive. They should be free. They should be loving. And if it's hard, you're just falling into that old pattern, that old subscription. Why? Why? Well, partly because you think you don't know any better, or you think that's the way you do it. You, you work your way through it. You work out the, the problem. No. Stop that. You think that abundance or jobs or any of that has to be hard. You've got to work at it. Stop that right now. Now, while I say that, and the part of you that's like, oh, I knew that. Adamus is he's taking the words right out of my mouth. I knew that. But the other part of you, of your mind, is jumping in there 
and saying, oh, but it's all going to fall apart. We're going to lose control of everything. You've got to care. Care. Is care just another word for working really hard and getting nowhere? You've got to really care about things. You've got you to work at your job. No, you don't. That is such old thinking, ingrained thinking. You don't. What happens when, when you're in that mindset that it's got to be hard? Whatever you do, spirituality, your life, relationships, anything, you know, your, your car, it's always breaking down, it's so hard. I'm surprised some of you can get out of bed in the morning. Some of you can't, actually. <coughs> but when you get into that, that, um, that layer of consciousness that's being um, put into reality, that you call it your thoughts or your beliefs, but what it is is just actually a little layer of consciousness. It's just like if you took this whole bouquet here, but it's just this pussy willow here where you have all the rest of this, but it's just that layer sticking out saying, I've got to work hard at it. Now, that's the one that's glowing, vibrating. That's the one that's uh, really in this reality. That's going to align all the energies. Remember, you are consciousness, a light, a, like a magnet. And the part that's really shining, the part that is um, activated at the moment, that's going to pull in the energies that absolutely support that, that absolutely will make that a reality. So therefore, your life will be hard. It's a, I guess you could call it the law of attraction. Uh, it's the, kind of the law of stupidity, because uh, the universe is stupid. When some of you say, oh, I wait to see what the universe says, the universe is really stupid. It is just energy, particles, uh, responding to your consciousness, the consciousness that is, um, you could say, um, resonating, vibrating, put forward. So when we, t- we talk here and say, let's stop making life so hard, the mind jumps in one side of it, and the mind says, oh, yeah, but what are we going to do? We're not going to eat. The- stop that now. Let that real knowingness. Right? So you know it doesn't. You know have being co-founders of the planet. Uh, that's a good title for your business card. Co-founder, <laughs> planetary co-founder. When I say life was never designed to be hard, you know it. It's like that damn right. It was designed to be a hell of a journey. Sensual, real. Uh, very um, – there's not a human word for it. Uh, maybe I'll make up a word – deep, colorful, meaningful, fun, and it doesn't matter, kind of all combined into one word. Uh, it, it wasn't meant to be like this, and it wasn't meant to be so stuck. Somebody mentioned stuck before. Well, humans are stuck, absolutely. Stuck in the mud, uh, stuck in old patterns. Now, let's, if, if you choose, let's, let's start a, a movement here, first within yourself and then going out. It doesn't have to be hard, none of it. Other humans will justify why their life is hard. 
I got a bad spouse, they had bad parents, whatever their problems are. Let's just stop all that right now. I want you to stay here. I want you to love waking up in the morning. I want you to love what life has to offer. I want you to love design and beauty. I want you to really love design and beauty. But it's difficult right now when life is so hard. It's difficult taking a moment to love the beauty of of this planet. It's difficult to let yourself appreciate something like art or music. It's just too hard. Too hard. But let's stop that now. Let's let's have first generation in probably a couple million years that actually isn't on the hard side of life. It's on the the five and down side of hardness and maybe going at some point to almost none. It doesn't have to be hard. I look at the struggles that you are going through. A lot of them self-inflicted, self-imposed, a lot of them. But self-accepted, meaning you've never stopped to question it. Never stopped to question. It's not supposed to be hard. Not at all. You know you're coming out of that old mindset. You know that you're being a transhuman, being divine and human at the same time. You know you're coming to your senses, literally, coming to your senses, when you can really appreciate beauty, really appreciate beauty, design. It's, uh, it's what you really came here for, to create it and then to appreciate it. Design can be anything. Design can be your thoughts, your thoughts in design. Right now, the the thoughts are in chaos, conflict, and pain. Right now, the thoughts that are in the mind for most humans are generally very hard, very rough. But you know that you're releasing that when even actually one of the first indicators, suddenly your thoughts have design to them. Have you ever thought about having thoughts that have design? Probably not. Because your thoughts are just kind of a a stream of really uh, almost disconnected and oftentimes abusive uh, feelings going through. That thoughts are they, they stream through, uh, and there's memories, memory streams, but there's also judgment streams, and they're abusive, first on you and then on others. And then you try to hold back, so oh, I don't want to have all these bad thoughts. I, uh, but they're, they're, yeah, they're part of this hard life syndrome. You know that you're starting to allow yourself to have an easy life. Easy in every way. I'm talking every way. Uh, when you suddenly realize one day, hopefully soon, oh, there's a design in thoughts. There is a beauty in thoughts. It, just feel it for a moment. You've got all this stuff going around in your head. It's not really in your head, but you think it is. You've got all this stuff going around in there. 
And it's just kind of a jumble. And oh, you try, actually, you try to suppress a lot of it. But let go of the control for a minute and feel into that design. It's artistic, it's creative. It actually has a tremendous amount of beauty in the thoughts themselves, how they work with each other, how they, how they go off in their own way, how they get lost and stuck. That's a design that's kind of beautiful in a way. Thought goes down a dead-end street in your brain and, and then doesn't know what to do and goes crazy. That's design. That's beauty. That's beauty. And then you start noticing the, the design of nature. It's not just trees and grass and sky and that. Suddenly you realize the intrinsic beauty of nature. Nature, the number one thing Shambhas say they're going to miss when they leave this planet, and, and you're right. There's nothing else like it, this beauty of nature. And it has design, it has color, it has, well, it has life. Nature is life itself. That's why, you're, that's why you think you're going to miss it, and you will miss it to a degree. But nature is life. It's constantly blooming and growing and, and reacting and rejoicing. And then it goes into its deep sleep, and then it dies, and it doesn't care because it doesn't matter to nature, because it reemerges either again into nature or somewhere else. There's such beauty in nature. You suddenly realize, I'm getting off of the hard life syndrome when you can actually appreciate it. Go out and not just with your eyes, but to smell it, to be in that sensual nature of nature. Nature is something you created, it's your mirror. It's your mirror. The reason for nature. It's not to create uh, you know, certain oxygen or gases or whatever else. It was created so you could see life, so you could see you, life, uh, energy in motion, but energy come to life in form, design, symmetry, beauty, and chaos all at the same time. When you're at a point of, as was mentioned before, the beautiful simplicity, where you're not making things complex anymore, you're actually allowing them to be simple again. When you're not putting layer on top of confusing layer on top of confusing layer, but you're coming to simplicity, that's when you know you're getting off of this uh, hard life syndrome and letting it be easy. Simplicity, and it's almost the antithesis of what the world teaches. It teaches, uh, it teaches a lot of complexity, and those who know complexity, even science, uh, those who know it are really smart, really wise. No, actually, those who can look at anything in life, at nature, and see the elegant simplicity. It's life itself. I don't care about atoms and microbes and chromosomes and any of the rest of that. It's interesting to a point, but life isn't science. Science tries to understand life and its origins, but 
life isn't science. Life is design and beauty. That's it. Whereas Tobias said it doesn't matter. In other words, get off the small stuff. Stop working so hard at making life more uh, painful or making life harder. None of it matters because it really doesn't. And whereas Tobias was trying to get you to understand, it doesn't matter. Stop this uh, painful, hard road to spirituality because it's not going to get you there. You get there by allowing. That's it. By taking a deep breath and allowing. That's it. Now, I know you're going to say, but my mind is so programmed into all of these patterns, into all the hardship, into having to do certain things, I, I don't know how to break out. I don't know how to get off that merry-go-round that's been going around and around and around ad nauseum to the point of absolute sheer boredom. I don't know how to get off. That's yet one more way of the mind and mass consciousness and everything else, one more way of it saying, I'm not going to do it. That's when you, the I Am, steps forward and says, I'm off. I am here in the easy life. I am. The mind's going to jump in and say, oh, you're just making this up, and say, that's right, mind, because I am the Creator. I can make up anything I want, and therefore it is. The mind's going to jump in and say, oh, you're just fooling yourself, and once again you're going to hit the wall. Failure, failure, because you're a loser. That's when you say, I am here. I am here as a Creator being. I am here in my easy life. I don't give a damn about the rest of it. I am here. Now, one could argue that you're simply fooling yourself, uh, and perhaps you are, but the reality is once you allow that, not, not work on it mentally, once you allow it, I am here in the easy life. It doesn't matter if you're just kidding yourself or not, but the energies start responding accordingly. The, the universe is stupid. It's not going to do a psychoanalysis of you. It's not going to put a lie detector uh, on your body and, well, was he kidding or not? You know, was this real? It doesn't matter. The universe is really stupid or simple, I guess you'd say. And it's going to respond accordingly. Edith is here now in the simple life. All the energies changed their old alignment. They were over here at eight, hard life. And they're like, okay, she's now an easy life. Here we are. They realign. They realign and they serve you, the master. It's that simple. And if you make it any more difficult, if you start your 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 intellectual crap, and if you start the machio of the mind and start analyzing and dissecting and questioning, questioning in particular, then you defeat yourself and you're right back on that merry-go-round. Actually, you've never really gotten off. But if you, as the Creator, say, I am here in the Master's easy life, then it is so. It is, uh, I guess you could say, energy physics 101. It has to be. 
and it's not being delivered from the universe. I mean, it, it, the energy comes from somewhere, but it's not the gods f- having favor upon you. It is you simply allowing. That's it. That's it. Anything more complex, those of you who get on your social media – I'm not sure if I like social media or not. Uh, but those of you who get on social media and start trying to analyze it and dissect it and argue about it and slamming other people for it, you've lost. You're back in hard, hard times. Those of you who, who simply as the Creator, I am here in the easy life, then it will be so. It will not change others. It will not change the rest of the world. They're going to stay over there in eight to ninesville uh, in the terms of heart. They're going to, this planet is going to continue having a hard life. The reason why I bring this up is because well, – I'll talk about it more in just a moment – but I've, this whole thing of Pronos that I talked about recently, New Earth and the Old Earth are not going to melt ever, ever, ever. It's good news and bad news, I guess, for those of you who love this planet, who really helped create this planet. It's kind of sad. Uh, and it's like, oh, we thought we'd pull it together. It's not going to happen. The good news is that you are now free to roam about the universe. <laughs> you are now free of the responsibility, of the weight and the burden of having to try to bring this together. You're now free to create your own place. You're now free to be in Theos and be here at the same time. But if you have the consciousness that, well, this life has got to be hard, if you cannot get off of that, it's going to be very hard to be Theos and Earth at the same time, to be human and divine at the same time. That's why I say, I am here. I am the Master in my easy life and coexisting all around me with those in their hard life. And it can be done. It's, it's, um, it's a bit challenging. It's going to be a bit challenging. Well, it's going to be really challenging in many ways. Being in an easy life, being at ease with yourself, no dis-ease, but at ease with yourself in a world all around you that's filled with eights and nines, hardness of life. There's going to be a tendency to want to go to them to make their life easy, because you're still spiritual social workers. I don't care what you say. <laughs> You just can't help yourself. And that's when you cheat on me again. You say, well, I'm just going to help this person over here. You know, come back to compassion. True compassion is simply allowing, accepting at all levels of everybody, their journey, their challenges and their difficulties. They're going through their stories. That's all they're doing. And it's you don't have a right or a reason to change their story until they come to you and say, I need help. And then ask them three times, you really want to change? Well, I just need some money uh, right now, and then things will be – do you really want to change? Well, no. So ask them three times if they really want help. If third time they're still on their hands and knees crying, then jump in. In order to be here on this planet as an embodied master, Realizing that it's an eight uh, in terms of hardship, and you can be at about a, at a one, 
maybe two, go back and forth just for fun. Relatively easy. You're going to feel kind of guilty, kind of guilty that, gosh, they have it so hard and I have it so easy. I have a lot of extra ease that I'm just going to share with them. Stop it right then and there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard on you and harder on them. Allow yourself to have that easy life. And not that every moment's going to be easy. You're still going to have the and. It's like, ooh, there is that part with the human with the and, but you're going to kind of start staying away from there more. But to be here as the easy master, things come to you easy. Uh, money, energy, uh, not necessarily people. But let's <laughs> not necessarily people. That's not going to happen. But everything else, you with yourself, your design of your life, your appreciation of your beauty and the beauty all around you. That's important. So back to where I was going. Calder is telling me I'm talking too long, but don't you find this fascinating? fascinating. Good answer. See how easy it is? <laughs> back to where this is all going. Uh, if Tobias said, um, it doesn't matter, I'm going to say to you, to all of you, come to your senses. Come to your senses. I like that to be one of my key phrases. Come to your senses means uh, several different things. First of all, come on, really? It doesn't have to be hard. Come to your senses. Life doesn't have to be hard. It shouldn't be hard. Come to your senses about your own spiritual journey. There is no journey. Ha! Joke's on you. Come to your senses. It's not a journey. I'll get into that in a minute. But why did you put yourself into a journey? Uh, Why did you put yourself on some hamster wheel uh, into spirituality? Because you like spinning? Because you like sweating? Because you like working hard? And you think the universe cares that you're working really, really hard? Doesn't give a damn. Doesn't give a damn. Come to your senses about what energy really is and about who you really are. You're, you're, not, you're not energy. You're consciousness. You're the I exist. You, you come to your senses. You attract energy. You design energy. You are an ener- your, your body is an energy design. Your thoughts are energy designs. But you're not energy. You're consciousness. You're the very thing that brings the energies in and designs them and creates them and puts them into your reality. You're the very thing that has created nature, the thing you love so much, that is life itself, that is the design. Come to your senses. Stop making things complex when they don't have to be. Uh, relationships and, – and I tread on thin ice here sometimes, but I like ice fishing. So. Uh, <laughs> But I, I say to, to you, this is one of the deepest ones. Come to your senses if you're not in a good relationship. Bye-bye now. There's, God doesn't care if you, you didn't get married for an eternity. No, you didn't. And, and there's a lot of old bad karma. And so what? You hurt their feelings for a little while. Uh, so what if yeah, they become Drunks. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. No, I'm, I'm very serious about that because one person drowning is bad enough, but two is worse. If you know what I mean, right? They're going to drown anyway. Not 
all of, not all of your spouses or lovers, and some of you are very happy, but if you're in a bad relationship or a bad family, by now. And you're going to be a little lonely for a very short period of time, but that's it. And come to your senses here about even, even your own body uh, and about your own control and your rules and how you ha- Come to your senses. Keep it really simple. Really simple. Come to your senses. But the other side of all that is come to your senses, your sensuality, what is beyond your eyes and your ears. Come to feeling. That is what frees you, really, your senses. That is what gets you out of the zoo, not thinking your way out, because you just think a bigger zoo with bigger walls. But you are a sensual being. I I told you last month, this is the year of being in our senses, coming to our senses. Now, the mind asks right away, well, what are they? And I say, it doesn't matter. I say, it really doesn't, because they're there. We're not creating them, and we don't need to define them. We're not creating senses. We've got 200,000 to explore that are already there. We, we will create some new ones, but come to your senses, because there's a different way of living that's not in the mind, that's not from uh, control, that's not in limitation. Come to your senses. They're already there. They're already so beautiful, and they're going to help you understand design and beauty in a way that the mind never could, never was intended to. And here's where I come back to uh, now. Don't sit here and think that we're going to go into activating senses, because we're not. That, that's a form. That's simply mental. Machio. We're not going to. They're already there. We don't need to do anything other than allow. Come to your senses. Then they'll come forth. For everybody, a little bit differently, but then they'll come forth. And suddenly, suddenly, the imagination, which is a sense, opens. And you stop trying to limit it and say, oh, it's just crazy thinking. No, it's a sense of imagination. A sense is a way of perceiving reality. That's all it is. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a different perspective of perceiving realities. As you open the sense of imagination, the perspective of reality shifts. Suddenly reality isn't so hard. Suddenly reality isn't so limited. Suddenly reality becomes in a way, almost like a fantasy, fairy tale. And the mind says, well, you're just making this up. Damn right, mind, I am, because I am a creator, and I'm allowing. The, the, so the imagination dreams, of, uh, dreams are another sense. They're, they're not the wanderings of the mind at night, because you can't make that shit up uh, in, your, in your everyday mind. It's a different way of perceiving reality. It's a way of, as Calder wrote in his story, he wanted me to give him credit here. Uh, it's a way of dreams are a way of viewing ongoing stories, whether it's a past life, whether it's a story of a 
relationship you had years and years ago and no longer have it, you, you let that go. The story continues. And it's quite beautiful. There's a design in it, and dreams are a sense of perceiving. Dreams are not just crazy things because you ate too much pepperoni last night, uh, your mind going, going crazy. They're not. They're valid. They're parts of you. They're not trying to tell you something. There's no, for the most part, there's no great big secrets. They're ongoing stories. And as many of you know, you've had crazy dreams lately, big dreams, because you're coming to your senses, a sense of dreaming. Some of you weren't remembering your dreams. Now you are, and you wish you could go back to not remembering your dreams. <laughs> it's a way of perceiving. Now, we'll be talking how you can now steer your way around dreams. Which ones do you want to watch? It's like uh, you have all these uh, channels on your televisions these days. What do you want to watch? Right now the dreams are just kind of popping up, but we'll get into more of how to perceive. But oh, I do want to talk about one important sense as we come to our senses. I, I love that. Come to our senses. Uh, you know, stop that mind. Stop being so stu- Come to your senses. Open up. Uh, so this is a little shifting gears here. Recently we did a big shift this uh, month of January. And it was very appropriate because there was a lot of other shifts going on on the planet. Uh, so we outshifted the shifts on the planet. Now there's all these things going on, and I hear the Schumann resonance has uh, gotten to an all-time high, and everything is shifting, and you've got political drama up the wazoo. Uh, you know, it's all shifting right now. Whoa. So while it's shifting over here, while the Earth is really into big shifts and distractions and separation and boy, that hard life thing going even into the nines now for we're over here as the transhumans. They're over there doing their thing, and whether or not it's right or wrong doesn't matter, because we're over here the transhumanists. But not through artificial intelligence and all that, because that's still just kind of just trying to mimic the mind. We're over here coming to our senses. That's transhumanism, allowing what's already there, letting down all the barriers and all the guards. We're over there. So in January, it was very appropriate, after um, a lot of waiting, to bring together Pronost and Wound of Adam, and surprisingly, they are really about the same thing. From the sounds of it, you wouldn't think so. I said, well, what does Wound of Adam have to do with Pronost? Everything. Everything, everything. The, in Pronost, I talked about how this new Earth and old Earth are not going to come together. I talked about the fact that there is a new Earth. It is not a physical place, but some will perceive it as being physical. They look out into the, um, the solar system and they see a gravitational force. They don't see a planet, but a gravitational force. So being smart mental beings, they say, then there must be a planet there. We just can't see it because it's hiding behind Uranus or the sun or whatever. I didn't name the planets. <laughs> they say it's hiding behind something. Nay, come on. Come on. I, I always love when science tries to validate itself with bullshit. Um, 
they're seeing this gravitational effect, so they assume that there is solid matter there. What they don't understand is the energy, the the uh, dynamics of of gravity. Gravity is simply the response to consciousness, time and space generally moving through consciousness, and it creates what appears to be matter. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be matter. So they're calling all of this uh, Planet X, Planet Nine, Nibiru, and all the rest of these things. Uh, no, what they're seeing out there is the gravity of New Earth, and that gravity is actually stronger than the gravity of this planet. But gravity doesn't have to pull things down or compress things in. Gravity can be an attractant for anything. Gravity can attract uh, energies. Gravity can. Gravity is kind of the uh, the the stream on which energies flow in and create realities. What they're seeing is New Earth, not Planet X or Nine or anything like that. So I talked in Pronost about then Theos, and basically to summarize, I said. Old Earth and New Earth are not going to come together, and that's a tough one for a lot of people. But it's also the good news, because Theos, this place on the New Earth, which is very real and, and right here. Gravity they're seeing, uh, when they look in their, uh, through their instruments, the gravity they're seeing they assume is out to the outer reaches of the Solar System, uh, because I'm trying to get this through Caldra, because their belief systems then create that reality that it's a long way away. They could not possibly believe it's sitting right here. They cannot. So the belief actually creates the reality. Then for them it is out there, but the fact is it's right here. The very gravity they're seeing uh, all these uh, millions, billions of miles away it really isn't. That's just their perception. The way reality is perceived through the eyes and through the mind. But I digress. The real story is that you came here for a lot of reasons in this lifetime. Realization. You came here to bring, to integrate, to affect it's a better word, to affect all of your stories. You the what you think is the human self, which is really so much more. You came here to affect every story. Uh, I think Tobias said it a long time ago, you're the designated ascendee for all of your past lives and all your future lives. You're the changer of the stories that have gotten stuck or wandered off in strange directions. And the very work that you do right now, on yourself, the allowing of enlightenment is changing every story, every past life. It's not a linear progression going from eight lifetimes ago when you started studying the mystics, and then uh, seven where you got a little better, and six where you were meditating, and five when you got thrown out of my mystery school, and uh, four. It's not like that. Every story, every past life, every aspect is 
becoming enlightened as you are. As you are. So that lifetime, uh, let's say 12 lifetimes ago, where you were a despicable um, human, well, and 11 and 10 and 9, but that lifetime where you were just a barbarian, a warrior, and you wreaked havoc all, all over uh, Europe, is actually becoming enlightened, is actually changing its story. And that lifetime that's going to occur, let's say, potentially four lifetimes from now, that is on the verge of taking its own life uh, because of uh, uh, being in overwhelm, is actually becoming enlightened right now. It's happening across the board, simultaneously. It's not a progression where you work and work and work and get to the 18th dimension and then uh, become enlightened. Not. It's like right now you're the center of the solar system. You're the sun. You're the one allowing enlightenment. And as you do, it goes out to every, every one of your stories in the dream state, in the human state, in the angelic realms everywhere. And sometimes you wonder why it's hard. Actually, by the way, that was the real answer. Why is life so hard? Because I'm carrying that burden, that gravity of all of my stories. They appointed me. They appointed you. Kind of uh, collaboration, in a way. But they appointed you. They kind of made you, but you made them. Uh, you know, you could go back and forth with that. But you're it. You're the designated Alawi. <laughs> you are the allower. You are the one who allows, and then it goes out to everyone. They couldn't figure it out. Their story is over here, being played out, acted out. Even though they're dead, the story continues, whether it was on this planet or somewhere else. But these stories are all out there, acting out. They don't know how to end the story. They're not all lost. Some of them are loving their stories, but some of them are so lost and wanting to stop, and they don't know how. They're screaming out, how do we change the story? Enter you in this lifetime. That's why you came here, one of the reasons. It's like, okay, I'm going to come into this lifetime, and I want to pull all this together. I'm going to be the, in uh, the integrator. I'm going to be the one who allows what comes natural anyway. I'm going to be that portal for every one of my past, future lifetimes and everything else, all the stories, whether they were here or any I'm going to be that one. That's a big burden. That's a huge burden. And you've been trying to figure it out ever since. How do I do this? You've been thinking it's just you. Oh, it's not. That's why your life is hard. It's overwhelming almost. Uh, from my own experience, like in that realization, it's like, you all volunteered me to do that for you? <laughs> really? Really? And then you take a deep breath and you remember, come to your senses. 
literally, figuratively, come to your senses. First of all, you're going to ask yourself, well, how do I do this? And what if they don't like it? There's one thing, one thing, and that's allowing. That's it. You allow. You allow what comes natural. The integration, the evolution, the, the becoming, you just allow it. That's all you have to do. It's a pretty easy job. Just allow. How do you allow? <laughs> That's it. And then you go and enjoy life. You go fishing. You're better off fishing than a lot of the activities. Or, or you go benching, I guess, uh, benching. Or you just do something. You go bowling, uh, anything. And then you do some allowing. Allowing is just take a deep breath. That's allowing. These ripples of radiance go out into every lifetime, every story. It's not just lifetimes, but they're stories within lifetimes that take on their own life, that continue their stories in the other realms. Come to your senses. Come to the simplicity, but also I mean your senses, the sense of imagination, the sense of dream. And now I'll come back to where I trailed off. In Pronost, I said, it's not going to work, the old Earth and a new Earth coming together, for one very simple reason. Not because people on Earth are bad, but because it's actually your fault. (laughs) Because this isn't a safe space to experience true love anymore. You can't. And you know that. You came into this lifetime, uh, you could say, as your designated ascendee. But you came in this lifetime because, you see, love is a sense. It's very different than sight, sound, things like that, but it is a sense. Love is a way of perceiving reality. Therefore, it's a sense. Love never existed until it was discovered on this planet, or realized, or created, whatever you want to say. It didn't come from God. It didn't come from angels. Angels, ones who have never been here, do not know or have the sense of love. It was created here. You have loved and you've been loved, but there is, you could say, a last frontier of love that you really came here for. It's the real reason. The real, real reason, or I would say the more personal reason. And at some point in this lifetime, rather recently, you realize that it's not safe enough here. Because humans are hard. They're living a hard life. It's not safe enough. Because the next level of love, which you so desire to experience, so desire to have in your life is simply not safe here. It is too sensitive. Sensitive meaning like sensitive, but sensitive, that sense. The energies here are so harsh that actually if we didn't have the counterbalance of Theohos, they would attack you. They, not people necessarily, well, they might too, but the energies would attack you. The harshness of life 
with the sensual beauty and design of real love. I mean, real love, not the one that you felt when you were a teenager. That was big love, but not. I mean, the pure love. The kind of the juxtaposition between the two, the imbalance between the two, would cause the harshness of human life to literally attack the sensitivity of real love. So therefore, Theos was created. For those who desire that next level of love – and it's not a love necessarily with the boy next door or the guy you've been having an affair with for a couple of years, but I won't mention your name – that's not really, you know, you know. I promised I wouldn't tell. That's old love. You've had that. You've been there. uh, You're bored with it. You've tried it. You tried to recreate it kind of sexually, and it didn't work. You know you came here for the sense of real love. Humans aren't experiencing right now. How can you experience love so deep and consuming and encompassing and in beauty? How can you experience that in a world that still buys into hard life? That's why the two didn't come together. That's why there is Theos, the place of experiencing love, and Earth, and you here on Earth. And that's why, in a way, they really are together, but they're not. They're two different. They're two different levels of being able to sense life and sense the beauty of life. They're together, but they're they're both here, but they're not together. And then, recently, after that, and only after that, could we do Wound of Adam. Wound of Adam talks about love. It's a story of love between the characters Isis and Adam, which are simply the feminine and masculine aspects within you. And in Wound of Adam, it talked about this great love. It talked about Isis's shame, but then the great love that they eventually discovered together here on Earth. I won't go into too much of the story on that, but needless to say, the two tie in so beautifully in Isis's, the feminine pursuit of love. Her desire uh, – let me put it this way – Isis, the feminine aspect, is the one that's going to insist on the experience of true love, while Adam, in love to Isis, holds down the fort. Adam will maintain the place, the balance, on this earth where you still live, where you still have your body, while Isis comes to find true love in a place called Theos. What next? What next is real love? I don't want to say too much about it right now, because I want you to have that experience for yourself, but I want you to understand what's going on, why you've been feeling the way you're feeling, why it seems to be crazy at times why you don't understand what's going on within you, why why all the things being turned upside down – they're not. We're not going too fast. 
We're not going too slow. We're going just right. It's so beautiful. And all you have to do is just come to your senses. With that, I want to finish this day with a mirab and let all of this soak in. I've distracted. Hopefully I've shared. Hopefully I've brought a focus into what's really going on in your lives. So let's bring this into all integration right now. Of course, I've said a lot of words, and none of them really matter. Not much. What matters is that you're here, that you're allowing. And all that hard work, all that harshness on yourself, Let's take a deep breath and just let it go. What a life it is. What a life. Let's take a deep breath and just come to our senses right now. Meaning, let's really keep it simple. Let's keep it really simple. Let's come to our senses. You know, you know your senses right now. I've been talking about them forever. You're probably bored with that, but sense of sight and hearing and even thinking, those are all senses. These are the things that give you a perspective, a view of life, reality. But now, as, as you allow, the senses open up naturally. And there are senses so beautiful, a sense of imagination. It's a way of perceiving reality sense of dreams. Dreams give you a sense right now for all of the integration work and all the stories, how all of your stories, your past and future lives, all the rest are actually coming into their realization all at the same time. As you allow all the characters in your great book of life, all of them are coming to their realization. Imagine this great book with thousands of stories, thousands of chapters. And the chapters, all these different stories, they, they continue on and on. They, they don't close out. And here you are, allowing. And it changes, it basically integrates all the stories. You could say you're the answer they've been looking for. You are the answer 
they've been looking for. And the thing for you to remember is simply to allow what comes natural, the I am. The best thing you could do for them, for yourself, is simply relax into your enlightenment. Simply relax into an easy life, a good life, an easy life. Simply relax into the beauty, the design of your own self. Trusts, I guess you would say it is, in, into themselves. All the senses, the sensual parts, they open up. A sense of love is probably the biggest. You see, there's one story that's nearest and dearest to you, you in this lifetime. You've got all these other lifetimes, all these other stories, but there you, you, you can feel them, you can sense them, they're swirling all around. But there is one story, one sense that really caused you to come back here. Love. Now, let yourself feel that common bond with all of the other stories now, all the past and future lives. those love stories as well. Creating the sense of love, experiencing love. Going to the heights of love and the depths of love. No wonder that all of those stories, those past and even future lives, all of those facets of you, they share that common thing, love. But it was you this lifetime. said, I want true love now, 
deeper than any of my other facets or aspects have ever felt, and deeper than any of those other stories. Their stories continue to wind and spin and evolve. But you said, this is it, this lifetime for me, love. It wasn't about enlightenment. It was a good distraction. It wasn't about ascension. That's spiritual macchio. You entered into this life through the womb of your mother to come to the greatest and the most pure experience of love. fulfill the desire for love. That's it, right there. Loving a child is such a beautiful thing. Loving another human, man or woman, is sublime. But the next realization of love makes those pale in comparison. That's why you walked into this life. That's why you created Theos, to make it possible when there was that agonizing realization that love, the type you really seek, that love was not possible just on the old earth. It would take far too long, far too long for the two to integrate. That's why the old earth and the new earth don't come together. That's why Theos becomes your safe space that is also here right now. That's why Theos was created as the safest of the safe spaces. So you could allow that love. One of those things, it's the first and the last thing that you wanted to do in this lifetime. You're not going to find your way there through your mind by figuring it out, by trying to call it in. You simply allow. You simply, simply allow. Take a good deep breath, and I ask you simply to feel that safe space, that 
you're creating. For which this next experience, the true act of love, can be played out. The safe space, the stage, the setting, and you. Please don't try to go too fast or too slow. You see, in allowing, it's not trying to control, it's not trying to say speed it up or slow it down, it's just allowing. And then this love comes to you. It's not going to be tall, dark, handsome man or beautiful woman. No, it's going to be different. It's not going to necessarily be somebody you share breakfast with in the morning and go to bed with and snuggle up with at night. No, that's love also, but this love is very different. Very, very different. Take a good deep breath, dear human, dear master, and simply allow. And then it comes to you. It's that simple. It's that easy. Take a good deep breath. What the timing on all of what we're doing here is so beautiful, such a design, a design of time and energy and consciousness. Let's take a good deep breath. Whew, a lot happened there. That was a good mirab. I mean, because you allowed it to be. Let's take a good deep breath and come back to kind of where we started. Simple, easy life, good life, and a life of such love that uh, the very reason you came here in this lifetime. So let's take a good deep breath with that. And what do we say as we close this out? All is well in all of creation. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. That was left in such a nice place. I wish he could have just left it there. <laughs> it was just such a sweet experience. I hope it was nice for all of you. And that maybe if you're just, you know, in your own space, in your own safe space, that maybe you let those energies just keep flowing, not allowing. Stay with that good deep breath. Take care of you. The message is inspiring really inviting us to stay with the allowing. So take care of you. We'll be back on March 4th. Same time, same place if you choose.
So take care of you. Take the good deep breath. And again, thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey Hoppy, for challenging and channeling, challenging, isn't that funny? Channeling Adama Saint-Germain and all the gifts that come with it. So thank you, everyone. We'll see you March 4th. Thank you.